So welcome everybody to another episode of the Rematches Clubcast. Here is what you have to look forward to in tonight's episode. We just title it. I thought I had him. I'm so I got him. I'm so glad that you know Star Fox that well because we're gonna dominate this conversation with Star Fox. <laughs> oh. I thought All right. it was a gunner. <laughs> I thought it was the gunner. Fantastic. Well, shaving your hide slip. <laughs> are you are you quoting it? Yeah. yeah. Go. Uncle Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> do, do a loop to get through. Try a somersault. Your daddy screamed really good. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> little piggy. Hell yeah. Pigma. Pigma. Yeah, pigma. Pig, uh... But jeez Louise, this is the most useless knowledge I've ever retained. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of all of it. Kick your diffuser. Yeah. Check like, your, yeah, so go here. I'm uh, fine. It's your G diffuser, bro. Yeah, the G diffuser. There system. it is. Uh huh. Yep. Good luck. You literally Coffee tailored it to Donnie. Yeah. Got you a little freak. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, how about this one? Ooh, huge yep. fan of this one. Step on the gas. Step on, step on, the, on the gas. gas. <laughs> <laughs> that was the train all day, bro. Who doesn't yell at Slippy? Slippy's the most pointless motherfucker in that whole thing. Stick to the like, pond, Froggy. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start telling people that. I'm going to tell, start telling people, stick to the pond, Froggy. Oh, okay, we're saved gonna... by the fox. That guy's such a dick. <laughs> I know. Dick, like, what oh. an asshole. He was just, like, for no uh, reason. Like, yeah, he did save your ass. At the end, he's like, all right, you're, you're okay, man. Okay. Oh, everyone, everyone at home's like, Nope, this sucks. <laughs> Foxy? I don't, I don't know, I can't. You get that shit right the fuck out of here. <laughs> Quick throw in right here. Uh, I actually have access to an ice cream machine. If <laughs> it's yep. a dongle wee. It's a dongle wee. I'm getting so goddamn sick and tired of them making these little <laughs> things. So Big Dick Shiggy came walking down the hall, right? And he was like... <laughs> He's trying to make the most sour face as possible. I was like, ah, this... This is right. Shit. That, that translates, it translates really well over audio, by the way. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Get a little of those. And a, a, a one. A, a two. Oh, f- <laughs> don't do it like a Tootsie Roll, you <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch. That's the center of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> yeah. A two. <laughs> First off, before we go on, just one more tangent. How does an owl eat a Tootsie Pop, right? I mean, think about With it. With his luscious lips that have, he doesn't own? They don't have lips, and they don't have like mm-hmm. saliva, right? Like, they just have a dry nasty tongue and they they have a, a sharp razor beak right so imagine like um imagine trying to like scrape off sounds terrible to me but yeah I, i'm a, not an oh, owl whatever. and i don't really like tootsie pops so wait wait, wait. you're not an owl Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> i'm an owl dane are you an owl how are you <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about all right and on that note we are starting ready oh. and uh one no i'm just kidding all right <laughs> do it again Rip it live. Rip it live. We are live. We've Do been it. Live. You won't. Continue to be live. One, a two, a three. Welcome to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club. 
craft brews, and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie Gallagher. <laughs> welcome, welcome, craft beer fans. Uh, this is the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club. My name is Donnie. I'm joined by three, well, two, but but probably one more uh, late, uh, kind, nice gentleman uh, here that we call the panel of the Brewmasters Club. Uh, we, like I said, are the official Brewmasters Club podcast, and we are here to bring you uh, craft brews and geek news. All that we can. We've got a fully packed show in a short time span to do so. First off, let me introduce you to my good friend, uh, Mr. Lausman. How are you, sir? Doing amazing. Fantastic. Awesome. Can't awesome. Wait. That's great. Get the show started. We, well, we just did. All right. So next. Started again. No. no. Next is. The third time. <laughs> Mr. Dane, how are you, sir? Yeah. Peppy here. All systems go. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> so as Dane is, is uh, alluding to, we've got, we've got a lot of starry hopes that I. <laughs> ah, shit. Starry, starry dreams. And I'm. Fuck. Foxy? I don't, I don't yes. know. I can't. You get that shit right the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> As we start off every episode, uh, we always like to talk about our brews first because that just, uh, you know, whets the palate for more. Mr. Lossman, as you walked up, I noticed that you had a, a sixer with you. Would you like to explain to us uh, kind of what you had going on for this evening? Oh, you mean this thing? <laughs> this, is, this is nothing. Um, actually, I was actually going back to a, uh, a brew that I've tried in the past. Uh, I went back to the Screaming Reels. Screaming uh, by Reels. The, by Saltwater Brewery. Okay. Uh, huge fan of it. Tried it in the past. Probably gave it a bad rap, if I'm honest. Uh, it was, it's got a lot of bitters. They are extremely bitter on the tail end of this beer. But uh, it's an IPA. It's 7%. Uh, it was sold in Publix. So that was like, check, check, check. That's all I need. And uh, went for it again. Love it still. But man, I've never had an IPA so bitter. <laughs> uh, it just sort of finishes that weird kind of bitter. But uh, uh, good for one of those kind of, you know, eventual on and off again type of beers where every once in a while I get in the mood and I'll be like, all right, let's get something real bitter, real kind of hoppy. Let's go for that. And uh, good beer. Good. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. And um, Dane, I don't, I think that, um, that you were, you were sitting out this, uh, this evening for uh, drinking wise. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's all right. And I think Ryan will bring something fun to the party uh, when he decides to join us and grace us with his presence. But until then, uh, mm. what I brought, well, what I had, it's, it's like Laos, it's an oldie, oldie, but a goodie. It's the, the double IPA from Marker 48, and it was the one that was aged uh, 48 feet underwater. Um, I had another bottle of it from the, the party that we had or the, the bottle that the, the brewery actually gave to us, I don't know, three months ago. So I was just trying it out, and it still holds up. It's um, definitely a, a fantastic double IPA. 72-degree uh, water is where it was fermenting uh, in a barrel. 50 feet underwater you know you really can't mess with it but it's an imperial ipa and um we've talked about it before shouts out to marker 48 again for making a fantastic product that does hold up so thank you for that that's all i had for beer <laughs> donnie quick pause you should probably check your text messages ryan's not coming <laughs> all right we're not going to shit talk ryan while we're doing the podcast because there were some things to talk about so that's right though 
we're still going to make it to the timeline. For the next, first one is that I really want to talk about, just to hint on the AB situation that we found, it, it leads into the secondary story. So this is Anheuser-Busch, basically their new marketing campaign, which which we all are well aware of how they try to uh, purchase and snatch up a bunch of small craft breweries so that eventually you don't know what's a craft brewery and what is a craft brewery uh, or what is not, excuse me. So another way that they're doing this is by, they actually acquired, Nash, uh, excuse me, I think it's called Northern Brewer, which is the largest brewing supply store in the nation. So if you're online and you're buying products from Northern Brewer, odds are you're buying brewing products from Anheuser-Busch, which is fine. They clearly know how to brew beer and whatnot, but they're releasing products like the Goose Islands and the Asylum, uh Brewing Company and Golden Road Brewing, where you have kits so you can actually brew those beers at home, which again, great, fantastic. We're all about that. But by doing so, you're purchasing the product which is technically sold by AB so that when you're done with the product, they go back and actually buy more of their products. So it's just, a, it's another kind of a tactic that, you know, you can, you can try to trick people into to thinking they're drinking a craft beer when in reality they're drinking something that's a, an AB product. So it's just something we wanted to bring to everybody's attention because as one of our podcasts, ex podcast members was a, a home, home brewer. <laughs> so we, we want him to, uh, you know, Jerk. to be, yeah, to be clear that that uh you know just again be mindful of what you're what you're buying and what you're picking up what do you guys think about that as a tactic i mean that's that's a long round round robin way to to, to go after it but damn if it probably doesn't work <laughs> so their plan is to buy everybody else and then be like aha <laughs> you're gonna outsell that <laughs> look at uh, me now yeah i mean i love ab so I'm still hip to it, but yet yeah, it does sort of blur the lines. I mean, that that's kind of crazy at this point because now it's like, well, what is craft? No one knows. <laughs> that, well, I mean, they do know. <laughs> yeah, no one knows. No, it'll, be right. it'll be fine. <laughs> so that's that thing. Um, but the next thing that we kind of lead into from that, I think, again, it's just kind of a, it's just another tactic. So that's fine if that's how they want to approach it. But, but again, I think that makes sense. Like if you were making soda or ice cream or whatever, you're, you know, you're like, we, we went to a pool party for a two-year-old, believe it or not. And, uh, there was a ice cream machine maker and they were making Dole Whip. Right. And they were like, oh, this tastes like Dole Whip. This is great. Dole Whip is, is awesome. And this thing you can make it now, it's great. But Dole Whip is a is an exclusive product that's made by Disney World in the Magic Kingdom. So, essentially, they were making a product to to taste like the Dole Whip at Magic Kingdom. So the next time that any one of the thirty people that were at this party went to the Magic Kingdom, what are they going to do? They're they're going to buy a Dole Whip and they're going to say, "Hey, this tastes just like it," or "This tastes very different," you know, whatever. So so I think that's what we do because when I make beer, right, we made a Sierra Nevada, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go out and buy a six pack Sierra Nevada and try it and see if they actually taste similar." I mean, that's it's kind of the the where you start, you know, ABs trying to get you to drink drink what they're putting out and however they want to put it out is how you'll consume it. it it's just shady to me quick throw in right here uh i actually have access to an ice cream machine if we <laughs> i mean i'm gonna throw it out there uh we're actually getting rid of it but uh no fake i've got access to the dual the chocolate and the swirl with like the three nozzles it's a real thing so many I nozzles man but okay yeah i see where you're going with that <laughs> You're going to chocolate and vanilla and then chanela. Anyway, all right. So that was that one. So the next one, which is it, which again, segue right into this next story. So how can you tell if your craft beer is a craft beer? Oh, I don't know. You can look for the Certified Brewers Association Independent Craft logo. 
So this is a logo that will, that should be slapped on on most craft beers. I say most because of the 5,300 plus breweries that are out there right now in the United States, um, 3,800 of them are members of the Brewers Association. So it would assume that's about 70%. So that would assume one could assume that every one of those brewers now has access to this logo and this logo can be slapped on a can or a bottle or whatever. And it basically um, shows you as the consumer, Hey, this is a, this is an independent craft beer. And this beer is printed with this logo because the rights to use. So, so you won't see it on goose Island or, you know, Stella's or Budweiser or Guinness or I mean, whatever it may be. In fact, in fact, uh, Jim Coke and the guys over at um, Boston Beer Company are approaching that two million barrel limit. So pretty soon, as in the next year or so, they're going to be beyond the scope of what's considered a craft beer, uh, which is interesting. But this logo has kind of an upside down bottle, right? And it's real skinny and it's trying to save can space. And I get it. Um, and it's basically, again, just, just stating that this is an independent craft beer. But this logo itself is already getting torn apart because of the way that it's presented. This is not coming from me, but coming from an independent source. The opinion is of the Brewers Association is that they are quick to act or react and, and slow to do research and actually put things thoughtfully in, in motion. Example that, that I read from this article. The logo itself uses a, a beer bottle, which is upside down. Get it. The upside down bottle symbolizes the fact that craft beer has really turned the brewery or the beer industry or the beverage industry upside down, right? Makes perfect sense. Sure. But they use a glass bottle so a home brewer would use a glass bottle because a glass bottle be recycled from sam adams or from budweiser or somewhere else but the independent craft brewers are 95 percent cans <laughs> not <laughs> not bottles right so there's one thing that's that's kind of different about this secondly the the word independent is broken up independently into four different chunks including the word craft which again doesn't symbolize one cohesive unit it more says it's oh breaking it up yeah. against yeah, against everything else. Um, not to mention the fact that they push this out so fast with such little control that, again, they're pushing out to 70% of, of the, the national breweries, 5,300. But they're not considering the fact that maybe as, a, as an independent brewer, you, you want other people to use it that are outside your organization. So basically, you have to be a member of this big association to be considered a small of craft brewery so there's a there's a number of conflictions here i think this is maybe like a first draft i don't know but what do you what do you guys think, think about that from the the big little guys trying to take back a large piece of small pie <laughs> i like it i mean it helps you know people who like beer care about who makes it and they don't so, know and they don't yeah. know that's the thing that i like about this yeah so there's a ton of beer out there and and like you said, Donnie, a lot of people don't know if it's craft beer or not. So I think this logo, they, you know, yeah, this logo in you know in particular, if people like really dig deep into it, then yeah, they'll say, well, this kind of is contradicting. But to the normal like average Joe who enjoys craft beer, it's gonna be like, okay, cool, you know, cool symbol. I don't really know what it means, but I now know that that's a craft beer. But I don't really care about what the symbol signal, uh, you know, symbolizes. And to I me. do think it'll catch on. I think it'll catch on over time. But but I, yeah. I totally agree with you at first. Like it's it's a nice little shining light to be like, oh okay, this is different than Core's light. Great. Yeah. Uh, but last man. Yeah. So <laughs> this kind of heralds back. I know it's it's not going to be there 100. percent But this kind of heralds back to something that kind of upset me recently. So I went on. Uh, I went to take my girlfriend on a date, and we went to a Japanese steakhouse kind of place. They served uh, Kirin Ichiban, and then they served uh, Sapporo. 
or Sapporo, um, and uh, you know that's all good. And they served a bunch of other like really cool like premium Japanese beers, and it was really just a great experience, and all that was fun. And then like you know I ordered a Sapporo uh, or Sapporo, uh, however you want to pronounce that, and and just just looking at the label, I knew what I was getting into, but just looking at the label, I'm like, oh, made in New York. And they were like, oh, genuine Japanese, you know, what, everything. And I was like, so you're telling me, I'm like, all this is made actually in, this. I was like, and the beer is actually made in the U.S. I'm like, so basically I'm buying the name. I'm like, since when did <laughs> Japanese food become Nike? I'm like, I don't know. How did that happen? <laughs> like, I literally was going to have like sushi and a beer and it turned into like, 100% American made like okay fine that's cool so I, I kind of feel like that with this whole situation I kind of feel like I've, I'm being led to I'm going down one road or marketing wise and all of a sudden I've arrived somewhere else where somebody else made it and it's nothing like I imagined originally I, I totally agree with you the thing is and we'll talk about it in a moment um, about the the whole Sapporo Japanese beer thing uh, but, but I mean, that's how most of the beer is. And when you get served a beer at a restaurant, still, you're not going to see it unless they give you the can, which is probably unlikely. But um, I think it's a step in the right direction. I just think that, you know, of course, they need to uh, really just think about the image and, and kind of what it's putting out there instead of because what it sounds like when you put it out poorly and quickly like that, it, it almost sounds like you're trying to say, well, look at us. You know, you need to be a part of this organization if you think you're going to be anything or yada, yada, yada. And that's that's a big beer mentality, not a, hey, let's look out for the little guy mentality. So I, I get it. Totally get there overall structure i just execution may have been a little poor <laughs> right away anything else on that boys all right well we're moving on because we have a ton to talk about well first off did you guys see dane i'm sure you did and this is this is fine that ryan you know probably can't be here for this because he's honestly doesn't <laughs> doesn't follow this stuff <laughs> but did you see the uh, what was released for the new zelda dlc like a like a new new well because what was what was released was they basically went through the last basically five days ago they started a countdown yep on zelda.com they started a countdown where they kind of went through each individual piece of what's going to be released uh guess when tonight Tonight. yep in about three hours uh, yesterday which is is freak nope wrong (laughs) which is sick (laughs) totally sick um, they first explained the Korok mask and the uh, the Phantom armor. Of course, they did the uh, Twilight uh, Medina's helmet, and then they did my two favorite, which is the Tingle outfit. Tingle outfit and, and the Majora's mask. mask. Yeah, man. So I just wanted to spend a, a few minutes because we are so close to this DLC. Are you going to stay up till midnight and try and actually? You have to work like immediately mm-hmm. after this. So yeah, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> are you going to wait? Really? <laughs> no, no, I won't. I'll, I might, uh, I might ask just me, wait. Yeah, ask me in two days. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you in two days. Um, I might just wait for it. I mean, I don't know. I can't. It's not like I can really do anything about it. I got to go work too tomorrow. But yeah, it looks sick. So they, they finally gave us some actual details on these things and what they're going to do and, and how they're going to control. Dane, which one was your favorite? Which one do you want to explain? Because I freaking love all of them. I'm so stoked about them. Let's, let's talk about the tingle suit, man. What, yeah, what's going right. on with this thing? You talk about, you talk about the tingle suit. And I'll handle the doors mask. So, did you did you read any of the details on that? So, essentially, what, what if, can I say about Tingle? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read the article, like it shows Tingle in like a very different, very different light. Because if you don't know who Tingle is, he's like the weirdest looking little elf guy uh, that they ever brought into the franchise, and, and whatever that may be, for some odd reason, he's made it this far into the Breath of the Wild, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, 
he's definitely not your typical character. Um, and if you were going to go through a game with him as a main character, it would be a crap-ass game. Um, <laughs> but, but, he, but he's definitely like part of Hyrule, right? He's part of Zelda, and that's, that's who he is. So if you wear all three pieces of the outfit, uh, they give you a night speed-up. So I would assume what that means is that you can run faster at night because that's what you have to do, I, I guess. Um, I don't know. Again, this is DLC for Breath of Wild. So if you don't feel like paying $20 to get a year's worth of new content, then you know what? That's fine. That's on. That's all good. It's okay. But it is It is kind of crazy. Do, do you have anything else on the Tingle suit? <laughs> it just looks like absurd. It looks, it looks <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool things. I think I don't really read too much, but if they'll dive into the history of certain items, that that's kind of cool. And they do. They do. I think they will probably more in the game. I hope at least. Um, the, but the, in this article, they give you a good bit of detail as to, and, and like, for example, the, um, the, the mask, Majora's mask. So you acquire it in the master trials. And if you equip it, um, you get this effect of like making minor enemies like the Boca blends and the Moblins um, and the stall enemies think that Link is part of their group. So they won't attack Link, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, basically, uh, the, the guys at Nintendo said, if you're not good at combat, I would recommend you check this mask out. And the picture, <laughs> the picture they showed too is pretty cool. Like it's just Link standing in the middle of a bunch of bubbles, and they're like, "We're all friends," and that's fine. So, so that sounds that sounds fine. Um, and, and this is clearly, you know, brought over from uh, Majora's Mask, which was the second version, our second iteration of uh, uh, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, yeah, Ocarina wow. of Time, solid, yeah. just a solid all around game. So. Um, I'm all about it, and the mask looks awesome, and I can't wait to uh, to go find it and uh, to run around with it. So, yeah. so honestly, I feel like like the Korok mask again, and all that stuff. We could talk about this for for days on end. It just it just really really looks fun. So I can't wait. Uh, but we won't kill all of our time on that because we have even bigger news. Oh my god! Right. So Say Zelda what? Zelda drops tomorrow. Two days what? ago, well, t- tonight, I guess. Two days, maybe one and a half days ago, the, the the SNES Classic Mini drops. Holy shit, right? Like, hey, I wish there was a giant video game conference where we could drop news like this that was happening sometime soon. Oh, wait a second. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Nintendo wants to keep this PR bundle rolling and uh, and drop the, the SNES Mini Classic. So so good on that, man. Cool, whatever. We we called this, what, the day the NES Classic came out? I mean, or was announced? I mean, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Maybe rocket surgery. It could be rocket surgery, but, I mean, who the hell didn't know this was coming? Who the hell besides Ryan didn't know this wasn't coming out? Probably yeah. just Ryan. Yeah, he was sitting in his van down by the river, and he was like, man, you know what? I bet it's just Dragon Ball Z from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not here to defend himself either. That's great. Oh, man. <laughs> he's just like, it's smooth sailing until the next Dragon Ball is found. And the rest of the world's like, the fuck's this guy going on about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, there, bud. That's all right. So, much to, to Ryan's unknowing list or whatever, he's coming up a lot in this episode for not being in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> More so than when he is in this episode. That's true, especially in this part of the episode. Um, but uh-huh. but anyways, if you so we'll give you a special link here that you can actually go on and pre-order the the SNES 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 Jesus Christ the Super Nintendo Goddamn. Uh, classic 
if you want to. The SNES? Um, the SNES, <laughs> exactly. Uh, spoiler alert, it's snes.brewmasters.club. Visit that link, and you can pre-order yours from Amazon anytime oh, you want to. Oh, snap. Um, <laughs> well, we're coming up on that again. Let's get into it first. Again, rewind for those of uh, the Ryans out there. The NES Mini basically was this fantastical device where they made six of them, and they released them uh, for se- for $60 each. And lo and behold, they sold out of them everywhere. And now people are selling them on eBay for three, four, five hundred dollars $500, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. Fast forward to 2017, after E3, now we've got the SNES Classic Mini. Uh, so this is, again, a Super Nintendo version that comes with 21 games, and it will be released um, on September 29th, 2017. Fantastic. I am absolutely stoked about it. I wasn't at first, and we, this is where the conversation starts, <laughs> because I really, I'm really getting very sick of this. Nintendo says, hey, we're going to launch a thing, but sorry, Richard, you can't buy the thing. <laughs> like, why? like, why on earth do they make these things and then not have enough things to No to stock. Right? No stock. I have a theory that I actually heard from a, a different podcast called um, The Filthy Casuals a Video Game Podcast. And they were talking about how they heard from someone in the industry uh, that the SNA- or the NES was essentially made out of old Wii parts. Like, they have a warehouse, <laughs> a warehouse full of... Well, think about it. Because they have a uh... warehouse where they build Wiis, right? And the Wiis were discontinued for the Wii U. But they had this motherboard on them that could play the virtual console stuff, like, flawlessly. Right, because it did, and if you played any of those games on the Virtual Console on the Wii, it it ran really well, and it it was great, and it it played the games and it handled it all perfectly. So if you look at the NES Classic, it's got the same contacts for the controllers, it's got the same games that the the Virtual Console had, and it has the same kind of operating system that the Virtual Console had. So if you really look at it, it's the exact same thing. It's literally like a Wii packed into a little you know little card sized box of of bits. And that's really all it is. I don't think that's too far-fetched. Uh, that was the first time I heard that on that, that again, that podcast, The Filthy Casuals, but that's the first time I heard that. And I was actually pretty impressed with that theory because I, th- it could be pretty plausible. So you're saying that it's kind of like a, a, a slightly narrow-minded version of the Wii that is a dongle. Yep. It's a dongle Wii? It's a dongle Wii. It's a Wii dongle, yep. <laughs> Capital. Continue. Well, I mean, because it, it really well could be, and that would also explain why they stopped making them, right? Because they got to a point where they're like, well, we can't mass produce these, so let's just stop it. And they're like, wow, like there's a huge following and like want for these things. Let's make another one, right? And that that kind of so like these are these these concepts where somebody in, the, in a boardroom is sitting there saying, oh, I could totally do this, and they say, okay, let's try it. Oh, it worked great, but now we're out of that stuff. Let's just stop. Oh my God, everybody <laughs> wants it. What are we gonna do now? Let's make a let's make a SNES version. Let's oh, make more. We'll, we'll make twelve this time instead of six. I mean, I don't know, but they gonna get it from Wii U. Old I, don't, Wii U. I don't know. I don't, I don't it's know. It's like Pet Cemetery. It's Wii yeah. Cemetery. They just keep, they just keep yanking <laughs> shit out of. It. So I'm gonna run through the games real fast, and I will. We're gonna stop on one for a while because there's a good good few talking points on it. But basically, Contra Three, uh, which I played Contra One, it was an awesome game. Never played Contra Three, but I, I would assume that game is just as sick. Stop me if you guys want to talk about any of these. Donkey Kong Country, sick game. Love it. I could play that all day. In fact, I have it on my actual Super Nintendo that I have now. Um, Earthbound, never played it. Uh, F- Final Fantasy IV. I think it's Final Fantasy IV or six. I heard it was six actually, but this just says Final Fantasy, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, F-Zero. I think Final Fantasy VI is the one that's going to be on the SNES Classic. I'm not sure. Fun game. Doesn't really hold up well. 
now. Kirby Superstar, which I think is like several mini games inside of a Kirby. I don't really know. Again, I didn't play that, but I love Kirby. So if it's just a straight platformer, I'm good with that. Kirby's Dream Course. That's a Kirby golf game. Did you guys ever play that? Kirby's no. Golf Ball? No. Kirby's awesome. But I used to play Mario Golf like on the Game Boy, and it was fucking awesome. So hopefully yep. it's like that. Um, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Definitely played the shit out of that game. That is amazing. Yep. I'm happy that's there. Mega Man X. I love Mega Man. I have the Mega Man flu, and I don't know if you guys do too. Basically, I play a little bit of Mega Man, so I get stuck. And I can't beat that part, and then I abandon Mega Man forever. Yeah, never, never come back to it because it's too. It's just too. So hard. Tough. It's so hard. Uh, the Secret of Manta, uh, or Mana, excuse me, which I think is the second one. I'm not sure. So that one, I've heard good things about it. Star Fox, of course, which is badass. And then they got Street Fighter Two, Turbo, Hyper Fighting, Castlevania Four, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, sick. Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. I played it once or twice. I couldn't get into it. Super Mario World, love that game. Play that frequently. Super Metroid, which is the second Metroid. It is insane. One of the best Metroid games to this day that's ever came out. Love it. Super Punch-Out, great. And Yoshi's Island, which is which is fine. <laughs> Yoshi's Island is fine. There, there's one more game on this list of 21 games, and that is Star Fox number two. What do you guys think about that? Never been released, Star Fox number two. Yeah, bring on the shenanigans, that one. I feel like I'm using the word shenanigans a lot today, but... Yeah. <laughs> maybe not on the cast, but in text, but yeah. So this game was canceled, never released. So- this game was was complete. It was totally complete. built by yeah, complete by a guy named Dylan Cuthbert and his his team over at Nintendo in Japan years and years ago, about twenty two years ago at this point. Um, and two days ago, when Nintendo launched this, they basically said the never before seen Star Fox Two is coming out on this on this this NES Classic, which I don't think the SNES Classic needed necessarily like a bomb to drop like this, but. As I mentioned before, I'm getting so goddamn sick and tired of them making these little <laughs> things and then selling them, selling them for 80 bucks a piece and then selling a controller for 30 bucks or whatever it may be and then making another one next year. Like you, We all knew this was going to happen. But Star Fox 2, I got to say I'm back on board. I'm back on board now, and I, I don't I know. I just exactly want that now. game. I, I want that game real bad too. And, and I know you can get it on ROMs and stuff, but I want it on a, on a Super Nintendo, and I want to play it. And I think that um, that it's got a lot of story behind it. And some of the story, we actually got a chance to to interact in this historic day that that is Star Fox Two being being launched back on a system. I actually reached out um, to Dylan, the the creator of the game, on Twitter, and we had a little conversation about it. And Laos, it was funny because you mentioned Japanese beer. Well, this is this is a guy from the UK that was a video game creator, you know, damn near 25 years ago, uh, that created, you know, such titles uh, like Star Fox and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. He's actually got a, a video game company now, Q Games. He started as well, uh, which I think is actually the the, the studio or, yeah, that created the game Pixel Junk. Um, but he he started he partnered with Star Fox for Nintendo to create the 64 remix uh, remake and the Nintendo DS version. They were basically on the forefront of, of this technology, and they they were tapped in. Super Nintendo in like 1995, right? <laughs> whenever it was, whenever it was about to be N64 time. What happened is that this game was the first to explore a 360 kind of 3D polygon gaming structure, which was very different from the the rail shooter that was the original Star Fox. So um, it was one of the most technically impressive 
SNES games that ever came out. Um, and they actually had to use a superior processor chip called the Super FX that, was, that would enable them to squeeze kind of 3D graphics built for a 2D console. So they had this thing all ready to go with a nice pretty bow on it, right? And this is, this is about three years before the Nintendo 64 came out. So Big Dick Shiggy came walking down the hall, right? And he was like, listen, which, which I've been told, I've been told he, he does many times. Um, but old Shiggy Moimato, he goes, hey, man, other games are using polygons and, and 3D stuff. We really can't do Star Fox 2 because it's just, it just won't make sense. They're going to just kill us, which, which very well could have happened because that was the PS1. Uh, the Sega Saturn was out. Again, N64 was coming in 97. I mean, they're only a few years away from that. So he basically, right there when it was bright and shining and ready to go, yanked (laughs) yanked the plug. Yeah, you fired. Uh, But it sucks because it it brought things like 360 flying and the introduction introduction of the tank vehicles and in all these new kind of pieces of the the Star Fox universe that that are still not only used in Star Fox, but in in many other games uh, to date. Uh, it just would have been the first of its kind in a really crazy mass, you know, concept of, of a game like this. So hats off to those guys. And I don't want to derail the whole conversation, but man, like I said, I'll, <laughs> I'll get into it in a second. How cool, man. Like what, what a cool game. What a twisted story. Yeah. Not only did they, you know, stop everything, but they took some things from that game and put it in their N64 game. And it's a huge hit. So. Yeah too funny i think it's i think it's sick and it, it, it's just got such a fun story to it like they had a prototype in 95 and they were playing it at ces um and, and people were all psyched about it and they were so stoked but like uh sony playstation is probably gonna smoke this so yeah so they literally literally just pulled the plug on it but it just goes to show again like we we talk about with games and beers and everything that the constant innovation and the constant you know tweaking and the constant manipulation is kind of what you know what we were what we were all about and we were um it's exciting to see the story and, and it's exciting to kind of uh, pursue that, that, that lust for anybody that makes anything, us included making this podcast, you know, we're trying to make fun, entertaining things happen and we can't do it without things like Laos's innovative jokes and his just uh, his fantastic ability. <laughs> so he's trying to make the most sour face as possible. I was like, ah, this, this is right. Shit. That, that translates, it translates really well over audio, by the way. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Get a little <laughs> oh, 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 that target half hey. off. Yeah, there you go. Well, but no, back to, back to your point about Sapporo. So, I, when I was talking with Dylan about about exactly you know kind of what this was, and we said, hey, we'd love to get a couple a couple minutes of your time, or at least know what your favorite beer was. Clearly, the guy, you know, the funniest part about this is that his whole team did not know about this until two <laughs> days ago. And so when they, the announcement hit and he was getting calls and tweets and, and Facebook friends and everybody's emailing him, calling him, he called up a bunch of his mates and they went out to the bar and they had a launch party for the damn game. Yeah. 22 years after it had, it had been completed and put under a shelf. So uh, pat on your back, uh, Dylan and team uh, at, at the, I think it was Argonaut Software at the time who, who developed the game. So good on you guys in a well-deserved uh, launch party. You know, I think that's fantastic. But while we were talking to him on Twitter, he did give us some some feedback here. He basically he's a big craft beer fan, so it's cool that he he replied to us on on and you he, you can join the conversation too at Brewmasters Club on Twitter. He basically said that his favorite beer is tricky because there's so many good craft beer choices. So clearly, he knew that we were looking for craft beer, uh, which is good on him uh, for 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 looking that up. Um, but he said out of the non craft beer, he really likes Sapporo Black Label. 
uh, which it has to be on draft, which is what he said. He said and he loves, you know, various uh, ales when he visits the UK, which he said real ales. So I'm assuming that he's calling Japanese beer made with rice that may not be, you know, exactly a real, real beer in, in terms of his UK eyes. But I replied back, I like Sapporo when it comes to Japanese beer. When I go to a to a <laughs> Kobe Steakhouse, that's what I drink. But it's good, man. It's good. And he's a good sport for, for playing with us. And that was, you know, we just started that conversation 20 minutes ago. So that's good on him. And, and I know he's got a lot going on, but it was really <laughs> nice of him to, to give us a, a shout. So um, if you want to talk to Dylan or you want to shout him out on Twitter, it shouldn't be that hard to get a hold of. He seems like he's getting a lot of attention right now. And good on them. They deserve it. And it's been a long time. So I have one more piece to close. <laughs> Sweet. Show us your piece. So... <laughs> So the, all right. So there was, so there was also an article that came out um, on uh, theverge.com, and uh, essentially they they had interviewed what I'm assuming, or they had they had gathered some of this information just two days ago about Star Fox Two, and uh, and how this uh, this thing was getting off the ground, and how, and the journey that it took, and his the journey of his team, uh, which is very interesting. The last piece of the article, and again, this all goes to theverge.com, uh, but. Uh, for getting this information, but the last piece of the article was that was that Dylan's words were, you know, we should be in the Guinness World Records for having the game <laughs> the longest completion to release time uh, that there ever was, which I totally agree. Uh, essentially, what I would categorize that as is to put Star Fox Two into the Guinness World Record books for the longest pre-release ever. So. Us here at the Brewmasters Club podcast, Craft Brews and Geek News, actually did make a change.org uh, for that. <laughs> so we are petitioning the Guinness Book of World Records to put Star Fox 2 into the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest pre-released game ever. So if you want to support the cause, please uh, visit our Twitter. Again, that's at Brewmasters Club. And we'll start a hashtag for this too, but you can find it by using hashtag Brewmasters Club cast uh, to find it. But essentially sign up and, and let's, if we can get 98 uh, signatures, uh, we'll, we'll reach 100, then we'll set a new goal. Every milestone that we make uh, gets us a little bit closer to actually getting this in front of someone. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> but I fully support it. I think it's a cool cause. I've already talked to, uh, to our good buddy, John Stratman, uh, and that's Stratmaster J on Twitter. If you want to talk to him, um, he's going to help us out with some eight-bit graphics for this. He does a lot of cool stuff. He does the Joe Blow eight-bit trailers um, that everyone comes out for every Marvel game or everything like that. Um, but he's totally on board for for helping us out with this, making this a little little graphic pop or or something here to support the uh, the cause. So he's in on it. Um, everybody here is very stoked about it. If nothing else, this nest. I hope that it's easy to get, and I'm sure it won't be. Well, yeah, I, the day it comes I out, just, just keep refreshing that page of where yeah, you're yeah. trying to buy it from. <laughs> That's essentially all you can do. You need to um, take the day off. Yeah, right. Well, one. apparently, people. So people in Australia were already able to to pre-register. The UK has already been able to re- pre-register for it. It's it's gotta happen. Like it's probably gonna happen tonight at midnight or something. I don't know, but you can't you can't pre-order it just yet. I don't think. I don't I don't know. But every waking moment, I'll be sitting on. You, you fucking got me again, Nintendo. Like you you just had to <laughs> you just had to get me again, right? Like back on board. Not not only do I have an, an S an NES Classic in my house, but now I've got to have one of these goddamn things, which I have. I have a fully working Super Nintendo in my drawer in my next to my TV that has most of these games that are coming out for it. You've also got a Switch. Just <laughs> FYI. Which, yeah, FYI, all of these goddamn games are going to come out for Switch. Every single one of them will come out when they launch this virtual console for the Switch. Every single one of them will be out there. So I don't, 
I'm a madman. I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But don't do that's it. all I had. I I kind of feel like I have to. Yeah. Just for, yeah, for, just for Star Fox 2, though. I know. I just oh, feel they like got really, you again because you did it just for Zelda. I know. Oh, they got, they got you. Whatever they uh, got you for Zelda 2. Whatever, man. Fuck up. <laughs> whatever, man. All right. <laughs> Well, we said this was going to be not a long one. Where can the good people find you, boys? Uh, Mr. Dano, where can they get you? On Twitter, at DT Merck. It's all on Twitter. Twitter is the main of my existence. Or Facebook, whatever. You can't find me on Facebook, though. You'll never find me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, where can they find you? (laughs) At Mr. Lousman. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up there. Hey, uh, hey, nope, where can we find you, Dottie? Uh, yeah. They can find me, as I mentioned, three or four times already in this podcast at Brewmasters Club or hashtag Brewmasters Club cast. Again, if you want to sign up exclusively, ex- exclusively by using our link, by our exclusive link, you can use are you, it. Are you doing some sort of VR right now? Like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm doing too many things at once. I just, if you now want to. showing off. Yeah, you yeah start, really just, yeah. <laughs> Big dick out. If you want to, Go ahead, bro. And if you want to sign up, if you want to sign up by using our exclusive Brewmasters Club <laughs> link, it is simply snes.brewmasters.club. You click that link, you sign up, you buy your SNES Classic, and guess what? As we you're always cool. say, you're very cool because somehow <laughs> each purchase that you make through that link comes back to us somehow. The Wizards at Amazon will give us a small commission of anything you purchase by using that link, so please just use the damn link. Please. Um, <laughs> please. Daddy needs to eat. Daddy needs a new SNES <laughs> Classic Mini. That's what Daddy needs. Daddy, yeah, Daddy needs a, a few things. <laughs> so use that oh, link. Buddy. Just use that link. And then come see us when we do our live gig, which I promise is coming very soon. I don't know if it's going to be Barrio, but it's definitely coming soon. Lostman, as we say every night, you'll never find me. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers!